Good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good today? Awesome. Hey, do me a favor. While you're clapping, give those right now that are watching us online and Facebook Live a round of applause and welcome them into our experience as well. We're so thankful that you are here and uh, this is still post-Easter. We're so excited for what God did this past week. Just a little quick shout out for those of you who maybe haven't heard, but we had uh, over 1,500 people that uh, came and were part of our Easter services. And in addition to that, we had over 200 uh, people that we considered to be first-time visitors. These were people that filled out the card, our communication card, and said, I'm the, this is my first experience here. And that was just what we had recorded. And so uh, God did an incredible work. We had uh, 76 people um, that we had uh, identified in terms of people who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. So with that said, let's give God a shout out and, man, just celebrate all that he did. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, uh, but for me personally, Jesus is still alive. Amen? I mean, Easter's every Sunday, not just one time a year. It's Resurrection Sunday each and every week. And so I'm excited of the fact that we have a risen Savior. And uh, today we're kicking off a brand new series that we're calling Head Space. On a personal level, um, as I've just been preparing and getting my mind uh, set and really uh, prepared for what I believe God wants to do, not just in my life, but I believe in so many other people's lives, I think it's going to be a game-changing series because it affects all of us in so many unique ways. In other words, what we're going to learn to do in the coming weeks is we're going to learn how to control the thoughts that literally control our lives. And I think sometimes we fail to understand and even recognize just how powerful our thoughts truly are. Let me put it to you this way. It's impossible to live a positive life when you have negative thoughts. In other words, what comes into your mind will eventually come out in your life. And so our thoughts are powerful. And what happens in the space between our ears, in our heads, and our minds literally has the ability to control not just how we, how we feel, our emotions, but ultimately it controls, it determines, it ultimately will dictate how we actually live out our lives. Um, years ago, my wife Michelle and I heard something in our attic that literally was crawling uh, over our, our heads in the fact that our ceiling um, where, you know, where our bed was positioned up against the wall, uh, we kept hearing these little, um, these little feet, like pitter-patter, that was happening in our ceiling, literally right over our head. And it would happen almost like clockwork in the middle of the night, usually between, you know, 1.30, 2 o'clock, and it would wake us up. And so I didn't know what it was at first. You know, I thought maybe it was a squirrel because we lived under this massive oak tree. And so, um, you know, I thought maybe it was a little critter or squirrel or something um, that was probably even crawling on the roof. But it literally sounded like it was just right on top of us. And this happened night after night after night to the point to where uh, we were getting irritable just because we weren't getting a good night's sleep. So finally, Michelle said, look, something is in our attic. We got to call somebody to do something. So we ended up calling the Critter Control. And so the Critter Control, they came out and they ended up setting traps in our attic. And, uh, and so a few days later... Uh, the critter control came back, and the reason why is because in the middle of the night, it literally sounded like a shotgun went off in our attic. And what happened was is that 
the, the, the critter that was in the attic um, obviously got caught in the trap. And so when we called the critter control, they came back out. They went up into the attic. And sure enough, when the guy came back down the stairs, holding by its tail was literally, and I kid you not, a rat about the size of about a foot. It was huge. Holding it by its tail. And he said, is this what you were hearing? (laughs) And we said, we hope not. But obviously, that's what we were hearing. And I got to thinking to myself, wow. Here is this nasty critter crawling around just above our heads in our ceiling. And I thought, you know, how typical when it comes to how we think, our thought life. Many of us don't quite realize it, but we actually have what I call rats crawling inside of our minds. What do you mean rats? Here's what rat stands for. You ready for this? Really awful thoughts. That's what it is. It's really awful thoughts. And what's crazy is to know that we have these really awful thoughts that are literally crawling around, that are making the pitter-patter noise inside the space of our minds. And if we don't understand the power of those thoughts, then it will ultimately sabotage our lives to the point to we're the ones that are trapped. We're trapped by the way we think. We're trapped by the thoughts that we think. And so with that said, in the coming weeks, we're going to unpack some things that's going to help us, I believe, get a grasp of how to control the thoughts that are ultimately controlling our lives. And we're going to learn from someone who I believe better than anybody, probably next to Jesus, was somebody who had the ability to truly master the way he thought. His name was the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle uh, is known for writing uh, some 13 books in the New Testament. Uh, Literally one-third of the New Testament was penned by the Apostle Paul. Many of you know the backstory. Hopefully you know maybe a little bit about Paul's backstory and and his testimony. You know, he he was anti christianity um, in fact, he was even known for putting Christians to death and persecuting Christians. In fact, he was on his way on a road called, to, uh, called Damascus, literally on his way to persecute Christians when he had this divine encounter with Jesus himself. The Spirit of Christ literally had blinded the eyes of Paul. And in this moment, Paul had this radical conversion there on the road to Damascus and Shortly thereafter, Paul the Apostle, the guy who was known for persecuting Christians, became one of the greatest Christians the world has ever known. And yet, even throughout his life, even after he became a Christian, became this incredible disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, even himself began to deal with persecution. He was thrown in and out of prison. And in spite of all of the warfare, in spite of all of the hardships, in spite of all the things that he endured, Paul had the ability to guard and to control his minds from the negative situations and circumstances that were literally out to take his life. And here's the thing that's so amazing, because Paul is relatable in the fact that he is just like you and me. Paul used to say things like this, hey, the things that I want to do, I don't end up doing. And yet the things that I don't want to do, I do. And so here's what happens in your life and mine. We end up making decisions and choices about things that sometimes we later regret. In fact, we even ask ourselves the question, what was I thinking and why did I do that? Anybody guilty of that? 
Have you ever done something in your life and a few days later you're questioning, why in the world did I do it? What was I thinking? And so we've all been there. And Paul can testify. He said, I've been there. There are things in my life that I did not want to do. But for whatever reason, I ended up doing them. And there were a lot of things that I wanted to do. But for whatever reason, I didn't follow through on those things. So he was real in the fact that just like you and me, we all struggle but yet even when he was chained to a prison guard and even when he was there literally sentenced to die in a prison, he was still singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, the Bible says. He was still giving praise to God. In fact, he wrote the book of Philippians while he was in jail. And in that particular prison, he, he, he basically uh, penned the, the book of Philippians, which the, the underlying theme of Philippians is joy. And so here is a guy, in light of all the outward situations and circumstances, he had the ability to, to, over time, to control the way that he thought. And he wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. And he said these words. He said, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So even though we as followers of Jesus Christ are living in this current day and culture that's the bible you've heard i'm sure the verse that says you know we're to be in the world but not of the world so even though we're living in this current modern day world and culture we don't fight like human beings we don't fight like the world fights we don't use weapons like the world does no the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power so the weapons that god has given to us have divine power to demolish strongholds it's interesting that word divine power uh, is where we get the it, there's a greek word known as dunamis is where we get our modern day word dynamite and so it has this explosive power in other words the truth of the word of god enables you and me to live our lives with explosive power. We talked about last Sunday, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The same power that rose Jesus out of the grave is available, is accessible to your life and to mine as followers of Jesus Christ. And so we have this explosive power at our disposal. Now, the reason why this is so important is simply because our enemy, the adversary is doing everything he can to oppose what God wants to do in your life. So what, what does the enemy do? Well, the enemy's come to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible calls the, our, our enemy the, the, um, you know, the father of lies. And so he is the great deceiver. He's a liar. So therefore, he's always going to oppose the truth of God. So what the enemy does is the enemy knows you and he knows me. He's a strategist. He doesn't take vacations. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, take time off. You know, he's 24-7 and he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to rob you of what Christ has come to give you, which is what? To come to give you a life and not just a life, but to li live life to its full. So he is the, Satan is the opposite of everything Christ is. And so obviously the enemy wants to do everything he can to lie to you, to deceive you, to trick you, to get you to believe the lies 
that the world is constantly trying to convince you to believe. And so what happens is, is that over a period of time, Satan has begun to shape our thinking one lie at a time. And those lies repeated over and over and over, if we're not careful, form what is referred to as a stronghold in our minds as it relates to the way we think. And so we begin to believe the lies over a period of time that are simply not true. So my question to you is this. Now think about this for a moment. Think about what you think about. What are the lies that the enemy has used or is currently using to speak into your mind? Let me give you an example. For some of you, because of situations or circumstances you've been in related to relationships, maybe it's relationships with people at work, maybe family relationships, maybe friends, Maybe you have formed the belief, which is a lie, that's become true in your mind that goes like this. I just can't trust people. Because every time I let other people inside of my life, any time I open myself up and allow other people to get close to me, I always get betrayed. I always get hurt. And therefore, because of the hurt and the consistency of the betrayal in my life concerning the people in my past I've learned that I cannot, can, I cannot trust people. Therefore, I will not open myself up any longer to people because every time I open myself up to someone else, I either get hurt or they walk out on me and betray me. It's a lie that the enemy has put in some, some of our heads. Maybe another lie that you can relate to is this. Maybe you have, for whatever reason, convinced yourself that you're unlovable. Maybe from your childhood. Maybe from... Again, maybe previous relationships or situations or circumstances. Maybe you have encountered tremendous rejection in your life that's formed so much pain. Maybe not just from one person, maybe from multiple people. And you are convinced that you are unlovable. I literally talked to a lady a few days ago who unfortunately um, was going through a tremendous amount of pain in her life. And she and I talked and she shared with me. She's now an alcoholic, just trying to numb the pain in her life. A lot of the pain is because of her past. When she was a little girl, she shared with me um, that her father walked out on her and her five siblings along with her mother, and they went to go live with her uncle when she was a little girl, ended up getting sexually abused by her uncle. And then later in life, when she was a teenager, her mother would look at her and what would happen was is that this, this woman who then was a teenager, she, she would look at her and look at her, her mom would look at her and she would say, I hate you. And her daughter would say, why do you hate me, mom? And she said, because every time I look at you, you remind me of my father. You can only imagine why this woman has spent so much of her adult life Believing the lie that she is unlovable to the point that the only hope she has is to numb the pain from her addiction to alcohol. She is living a life that is incarcerated with a stronghold based on a lie that she has now embraced as truth because of what someone had told her. 
Another lie that some of you might be able to relate to you is the fact that maybe you believe the lie that God just doesn't care about you. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, if God really cared about me, then why do I have all these problems? Why do I have all these setbacks? Why do all these situations and circumstances happen to me? Because if God is a God of love and God truly loved me, then why in the world would I have to be dealing with the stuff that I have to deal with? And it's a lie that has become truth in our minds and has formed a stronghold. Maybe for some of you here today, maybe you've convinced yourself that you're a bad person. Because when you revert back to your past and you think about, you think about the things in your past of the past failures and the situations, the circumstances that you equate as failure, you have convinced yourself over the course of time that you don't have what it takes. You're not smart enough. You don't have the longevity. You, you don't have the experience. You don't have the, you don't have the gift or the talents or the skill sets that other people are looking for. And so therefore, you're convinced you are not good enough. Maybe for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I, I don't know that I have a future based on the fact of my past. And so therefore, you've allowed your past to define your future, and therefore, you have allowed the future to become something that you no longer believe in because you are still bound to your past. I could go on and on and on, but I'm telling you, these are the lies and these are the beliefs that people have accepted to be truth in their minds and it has filled the space in their heads and as a result, the enemy has used it to rob them and to steal from them and to ultimately destroy everything good that Christ has come to give. So here's the thing that we have to understand. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul once again says it this way. So therefore, we demolish, in other words, we crush arguments and every pretension, in other words, every false claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so what we're going to learn is this. In the coming weeks, we're going to learn how to literally take captive every thought, every negativity, every lie, every form of deception, we're going to take it captive and we're going to force it to become submissive and obedient to the power of Jesus Christ. You guys with me? And so this is the reason why it's important that every week we come back and read. Why? Because we're going to be building on this foundation because your life, the life that you currently have is a reflections of the thought you think. And if you take a note, I want to encourage you to jot this down. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Did you get that? Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you want to change your life, you've got to change the way that you think. Because when you change the way you think, you're ultimately going to change your life. I love what the scripture says in Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, for as he thinks in his heart. So the beliefs that we form in our hearts. In other words, our minds justify what our heart believes. So if we believe the lies and those beliefs become a part of the way we think, the pathway, the patterns of the way that we currently think, it's reflecting who we ultimately become. And so as you think, so you become. One of my great heroes of the past, a guy by the name of Zig Ziglar used to make this statement. He said, you are who you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. You can change who you are and you can change where you are by changing what goes 
into your mind. So what do we know about our thoughts? Here's what we know. We know that if you think you can't, you ready for this? Then you probably won't. However, if you think that you can, with the help of Christ, you can and you will. We know about our thoughts that if you think you're a victim always suffering at the hand of someone else or outside circumstances, then you will be a victim. But if you believe that you can overcome with the power of Jesus Christ by the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb, you will overcome. If you always are focusing and dwelling on your problems, then your problems will overwhelm you. However, if you focus on solutions and the work of God on your behalf, then here's the result. You will find solutions and you will see the work of God in your life. If you want to overcome the really awful thoughts. You want to get rid of the rats that are crawling around inside the space of your head, in the ceiling of your mind. Then here's what we got to do. We got to think about what we think about. What's interesting is that the other day, um, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, have a, I have a laptop, and my laptop was getting, um, basically it was maxed out. So there's no more space, and so um, I had somebody help me because I'm not uh, sharper tool in the shed when it comes to technology. So I, uh, I asked a favor, and I said uh, to a friend, I said, hey, can you help clean up my computer? And so they uh, dumped all of my content on my computer onto an external hard drive. But I also have an Apple computer, and so everything was also backed up to the cloud. But I had noticed in the last couple of months that things were not they were not being backed up in the cloud. So everything was kind of like jammed. Nothing was being transferred, you know, from my, to, from my cell phone or to my tablet or whatever. So before, you know, everything would be synced and I would be able to access things on my tablet or my phone or my computer. But this was going on for quite some time. So they wiped everything clean. But here's the problem. The problem was is that I couldn't retrieve the information that was in the cloud back onto my computer. Because I was wanting to get certain things from the cloud to actually store back onto my computer. But the problem was I couldn't access the information from the cloud. So what did I do? I called the Apple people. And so you call them up and they go through the process. And then I went from this person to that person to that person to that person. And literally for an entire day. I had like three senior supervisors trying to figure this thing out. And the problem was is that all of the information that was being stored in the cloud was being blocked. And they didn't, they couldn't figure out what it was that was blocking the cloud that was keeping me from receiving the information that I knew was there. And the same thing happens to every single one of us. The truth of the word of God, what God says about you is available and is accessible. But for a lot of us, the problem is, is that Satan has come along and he's blocked the truth of what God says about you and he's blocked it with the lies and the deception. And he does everything he can to keep you from accessing what God has already given you. 
And for a lot of us, we just accepted the fact that I can't access it. I don't have it available to me. Therefore, it's about as good as it's going to get. And we just learn to live and accept the fact that, you know what, this is all I can do. When all the truth is accessible to us, but we've allowed the enemy to block the information that God has given to us through his word. So here's the thing. Today we're going to do a little quick thought audit in the remaining few moments that we have in our, in our time together. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Let me ask you a question. When you think about your thoughts, when you think about what you think about, let me ask you are, you, are you a person who has worried thoughts? In other words, are you a person who's over here and you're constantly worried? In other words, you're anxious, you're stressed you're preoccupied, fear, uncertainty, I mean, all the things about the unknown, all of these things right here, this is where you're at mentally. The things that you're thinking about are all worried-driven. Or are you on this side of the pendulum where you are a person of peace? You are, have peaceful thoughts. You are able to rest at night. You, you, just have, you just have the sense of peace knowing that everything's going to be okay. God is in control. God is going to provide. He's going to meet our needs. Are you a peaceful person? Are you thinking peaceful thoughts? Or are you over here? Are you being sabotaged by the thoughts of worry and anxiety? Let me ask you another thing. When you think about the thought audit that some of us need to take, are you a person who over here has a negative mindset? In other words, when you look at people, when you look at situations and circumstances, does the first thing that you think about, is it pessimistic? Pessimistic? Is it, is it, is it sarcastic? Is it cynical? Are, are you negative? Do you see the glass half empty or do you see it half full? Or do you have a positive mindset to where you see the best in people, the best in situations? You believe the best is still yet to come. You're life-giving. You're optimistic. You see in the future, and you know that, you know what? Yeah, it's going to be challenging, but with God, all things are possible. Do you have a positive mindset? Another thing, do you perhaps live your life in your mindset to where you're focused on the on the temporal things of life. In other words, you're looking at things from the standpoint of what's in it for me. It, it, how am I going to benefit from this? Is this something that I, I can actually benefit from right now? I want this. I need that. We're focused on the temporal. Or are we focused on the eternal? How can I live my life so that I'm living my life on purpose? What can I do to make sure that I'm investing in the things that's going to last forever? Am I looking at people? Am I looking at situations from an eternal perspective or from a temporal perspective? Because all of those thoughts control ultimately how we live our lives. So the question is, are you satisfied with where your thoughts are taking you? Because whether we realize it or not, the marriage that we have, the current relationship in our marriage, marriage is probably as a result of what we think about when it comes to our marriage, what we think about when it comes to our spouse. What about your finances? Are you satisfied with where your thoughts are taking you about the way you see money, about the way you see your financial situation, about the way you see your debt? Do you see what you are currently looking at on a financial level as the temporal or the eternal. What about perhaps maybe your job situation? Where are your thoughts taking you about your job, about your surroundings, or about the people? 
Do you see the best in situations or the worst of situations? I could go on and on, but here's the thing. And if you're taking notes, here are just two quick things. We're going to wrap up our time. Number one is this. Name the stronghold or the lie that is holding you back. Name the stronghold or the lie that is holding you back. What is a stronghold? That's, that's exactly what a stronghold is. It's a lie. In other words, it is a, it is a prisoner who's been locked up in a self-imposed prison by the lies that they have chosen to believe as truth. And so it's kind of like this. The number one thing that the enemy will use to cause us to feel defeated over and over and over are the very things that we've allowed to be truth in our lives, even though they are a lie. You know, what's interesting is that the way God just made us, in fact, scientists have even affirmed the fact that there is um, something in our minds called a, a neurological change and that takes place in our bodies. So, in other words, when we have something uh, positive that happens, in other words, somebody says something good about you, they give you a compliment, say, hey, you look nice today, or maybe they like your Instagram post, you know, you're, oh, man, that's so cool, they like my post. You know, they, they said something positive about me. You know, they compliment you, affirm you. What does that do? Well, scientists tell us that it triggers something, a chemical reaction in our body releases what is referred to as dopamine. So it all of a sudden triggers this thinking. It's this, it's this little quick, quick hit. It's this little quick thrill. It's this, this is this buzz of excitement that all of a sudden clicks in our brain. And so therefore, anytime somebody says something positive, it's like, boom, dopamine kicks in. We like that thrill. We like that little kick that it gives us. It's a legal drug, by the way. It's a chemical inside of our bodies. But here's the thing that's interesting is that when we're thinking repeatedly over and over and over those positive thoughts, it creates what is referred to as neurological pathways. So in essence, it's kind of like this. Our brains begin to act almost in a default mechanism, almost like a default mechanism to where our brains have now become accustomed to a certain pattern of belief. And so therefore, when we are thinking positive thoughts and we're believing positive things, what happens, dopamine kicks in, and therefore our emotions as well as our feelings and our actions begin to follow suit. Why? Because of the thoughts that we are beginning to think and the reaction chemically that is now sent throughout our body. But on the flip side of that, the same is true in the negative. Because what happens is when we're dwelling on the negative and we're thinking negative thoughts, then what happens is that the repeated behavior, the way we think, those thoughts that, that suddenly are repeated over and over become this neurological pathway where by default we have trained our mind to think first and foremost something negative, something pessimistic, something that suddenly sabotages the way we think. Rather than it being true, we've now suddenly become programmed to believe a lie and it causes a stronghold. If you've ever seen in your front yard or maybe you've seen, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a um, grassy area where people will often take a shortcut from point A to point B through grass. And then when they walk over that same pathway over and over and over, what happens that, that, that grass where people walk repeatedly 
begins to what? Begins to get worn down. Begins to die out. It also becomes easier because it's created this easy pathway to get from point A to point B. So what do we do? What we have to do is we have to change the process of the way we think. In other words, we have to avoid walking down the pathway mentally in our minds. We have to avoid believing the lies. And we got to allow the grass on the other side. we got to allow the grass to grow back up. Why? Because it will make it more difficult and more challenging. We want to get rid of the negative pathway that the enemy has used to suddenly become a default system of the way we think. Why? Because it's created as a stronghold. It's put us in a self-incarcerated prison. And we're no longer in control. The enemy's in control of our minds. And so here's what we have to do. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So whatever the, listen, whatever the world is saying, don't believe it. Whatever culture says is true and right and good, don't believe it. We have to understand that, listen, do not conform, don't adjust, don't compromise, don't let your guard down to the way the world lives and the way the world thinks. But instead, notice, let's say it out loud, but be what? Transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Scientists refer to that as rewiring the brain, but the word of God says it's renewing the mind, amen? And so here's the thing we gotta understand. Your assignment for this week is to name or to identify the one thing that the enemy is using as a stronghold in your mind that has got you defeated, that has tripped you up, that, that they're lies, they're, they're deceptions that you, for whatever reason, you have allowed to become truth in your life. Rather than you living in victory, rather than you're living a life in the, to the full the way Christ has intended, You've allowed yourself to live in defeat. Why? Because you've allowed the enemy to form strongholds, a pathway, a repeated pattern of the way you think. And as a result, it's affected the way you live. Now, the reason why it's important that you name it is because if you can't define it, you can't defeat it. You've got to name it. You've got to define it. You've got to say, this is a lie. You've got to call it out by name. Quickly, going back to my computer issues. You know what they did? They wiped my computer clean. But here's what's interesting. Is that when I was talking with the lady and she was walking through the situation with my computer, it was fascinating because they took my computer hostage. So I'm on the phone and I'm watching somebody else. I don't even know where they were, probably on the other side of the planet. And they are literally controlling my computer. I'm watching their little cursor all over my computer screen. And they're saying, Mr. Gage, do you see this? I said, yeah, click on that. So I click on it. Okay, Mr. Gage, drag that to the trash. And so I would drag it to the, to the trash. They would keep going down. Mr. Gage, do you see this? Yes, click on that. I said, okay, drag that to the trash. And they repeatedly, over and over and over, about 30 minutes, they would click on here, drag it to the trash. Click on that, drag it to the trash. Click on that, drag it to the trash. And you know what happened? After about a half an hour 
of clicking and dragging things to the trash, guess what happened? The cloud was released. All the information that I couldn't access was suddenly released. And now all of a sudden, man, things are blowing up in my computer because everything now is starting to fill in. It was amazing. It was amazing. So we have to define, we got to identify whatever it is the enemy is using. The number one thing he's using to sabotage the way you think. And then secondly, we'll close with this. You got to name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. You got to name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Once again, we'll repeat it. We demolish, we crush, we get rid of. Listen, every argument and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, we take it captive, every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. You know, the other day when I was talking once again back to the computer people, guess what happened? After my computer had started working perfectly, the other day I was on the internet, and all of a sudden my computer went black, and a warning sign came on the screen. You're thinking, man, you got some major computer problems. Trust me, I was having some major computer problems. So they said, your computer has been compromised. Call this number immediately. So I call this number immediately. And sure enough, guess what happened? My computer had been compromised once again. You know why? Because during the whole process that the other lady had accomplished, and they wiped everything clean, the firewall, the security protection of my computer was not activated. Therefore, my computer was now taken hostage once again. It was compromised. Why? Because I didn't have the firewall turned on. I had no protection. I was defenseless. And we got to do the same thing. We got to turn on the firewall, firewall in our minds spiritually. Why? Because when we do that, here's what we're doing. We are taking every thought that is a lie and we're taking it captive. We're crushing it. We are putting it under our foot and we are literally demolishing every lie and every deception and every stronghold the enemy has used to sabotage and to control our lives. And we are replacing those lies with the truth of the word of God. Rather than believing the lie that I'm not good enough, no, 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 no. I'm going to say that God is with me and God God is for me. Listen, if God is in me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If I believe that I don't matter, listen, I'm going to simply repeat over and over and over in my mind with the truth that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has a good, a pleasing, and perfect will for my life. If I believe that, listen, I'm never going to make it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to live my life, listen, serving the one who died for me and rose from the grave for me. Because I don't care what the enemy says. I'm going to receive the truth of what God says about me. So we can either replace the lies with the truth. We can allow the lies of the enemy to form a stronghold in our minds. Why? Because your life is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. And your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you want to change your life, you begin by changing the way that you think. Let's bow our heads together in prayer.